welcome to another fantastic episode of Classic Elder Scrolls Night. Today's record date is what? Morndas? What the freaking heck? Yeah, it's Morndas, man. I hate Morndas, but maybe this is a reason to love Morndas a little bit. Lassie the 18th. So, uh, farmers out there, maybe the Cyril brothers are, uh, patting down their, their final, uh, grape seeds for their, uh, their final harvest of the year. So, Morndas, Lassie the 18th. Our show is sponsored in part by Tweaked Audio. TweakedAudio.com. Quality headphones, 30% off. How do I do it, Avarwin? How do I get 30% off of Tweaked Audio's earbuds? Well, you need our code there, Buckaroo, and that is off the record, all one word. Let's not get crazy now, okay? It's okay. It's not an English test. Off the record, all one word, at Tweaked Audio, tweakedaudio.com, and by Audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, audible.com, audibletrial.com, slash Network. That's the link you're going to need in order to get your free book, your free audiobook today at Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash Network. I am an idiot, and my name is Avarwin, and you're listening to me for probably about a good hour, but who cares about me? Because the big news of the week is this guy right here, KDR Mickey from uh, the greater QGN uh, community. Mike! What's going on, Mike? Well, hello, Avarwin, and hello, community. Uh, we are here today, and we are going to be uh, enjoying some uh, nice scenery through uh, the Oblivion game tonight. Uh, I am very happy to be here and be uh, a member of the hosting crew for uh, QGN now. Uh, you will be able to catch me on Mondays uh, with Varwin doing classic Elder Scrolls night. So we're going to hit up uh, Skyrim, Oblivion, Morrowind, uh, and Rena and Daggerfall. And, you know, we uh, hope that you will stay with us and enjoy some of that uh, great content. Oh, absolutely. Uh, now, I, I am looking for, for two brand new hosts uh, permanently for Classic Elder Scrolls Night. Um, Shank has has left the building, and, and so has Crispy. Uh, we, of course, wish them we wish them well. Um, Crispy is is actually still a part of our our guild in Elder Scrolls Online. So so shout out to Crispy Crackers. Sorry, couldn't make it, dear, for the the rest of the uh, the duration of the show. But uh, you're awesome, brilliant, might I add, for that one episode. And um, we're looking forward to seeing you again in Elder Scrolls Online. Um, watch us live now Mondays Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern at Twitch.tv slash Quest Gaming Network. Uh, if you want to send the show an email, you can do that at elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com. And, uh, Mike, look at those beautiful moons right there. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah. The and, moons in this game are amazing. Oh, it's gorgeous. Uh, find us at elderscrollsofftherecord.com and questgamingnetwork.com. You can follow us on Twitter at elderscrollsotr. Also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Elder Scrolls Off the Record and on Google Plus, google.com slash plus sign Quest Gaming Network. Mike, what are we playing today? What are we doing? So today we are going to be playing Oblivion, the Elder Scrolls 4. Uh, many of uh, the scenes and locations uh, in Oblivion are used in a much newer game, uh, but we would really like to take a look at these as they're uh, based in. Uh, the time frame of the Oblivion Crisis. 
Today we will be having a couple of discussion topics, and one of them is going to be What Would You Do? by Granger from the official Elder Scrolls forum. Uh, We will have the history of a new section where I will be presenting the history of the Chayden Hall area. Uh, Plus, we will have a fast question of the week, and we have an email uh, that came in this week. Varwin, would you like to start the discussion? Yeah, sure. So, so um, we're we're back in Chade, uh, we're back in Oblivion right now, and one of the things that that uh, Mike had said that he was really looking to bring to the show was, um, you know, lore is great, but we wanted we we wanted to kind of go with a a more um, meta factual side of of the lore. Because we, we don't necessarily get a whole heck of a lot of that. And this stuff is super interesting when you go from game to game to game and you're aware of this stuff because it's constantly being called out on in subtle ways. It's, it's you know, um, you, you mouse over a particular NPC in one game and then you find them dead uh, with a journal next to them in, in uh, the sequel. Stuff like that. So, so this week... Um, we're going to look at Chaden Hall, the city of Chaden Hall, and uh, I've got it right here on the live stream. Um, I am, I am very close to the uh, the Roxy Inn right now, which uh, you know has a, a storied history. If you remember some of the stuff I've I've talked about, yeah, <laughs> I think last time you had to see a doctor or a priest afterwards. Something like but that. You, yeah, <laughs> not a good time for you. Last time I remember. No, not at all. It totally derailed me. <laughs> Especially with your, you know, very paladin-esque uh, nature. You know, maybe if it was more of uh, an assassin Dark Brotherhood, it would have fit the character better. But It would have been great. But unfortunately, um, trying, to be a <laughs> trying to be a holy warrior, no good when you're a vampire. It's like, ah, you know. And then, and then, and then honestly, you just become an Anne Rice novel. And who wants that in their life? <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, those, those STDs that those vampires give you. <laughs> tough to brush off. <laughs> Uh, so what we're going to do is we're, we're creating a brand new segment for this show called the history of, and we're looking at Chayden Hall. So, uh, we're actually going to walk over there. It's not too far from where we're at. And, um, as we're, as we're doing that, we're going to have a little discussion. And then we're, when we get to Chayden Hall, we're going to break into the, uh, the nitty gritty of this, of this particular episode. Now you might say, why Chayden Hall? You know, when Navarro approached me on, you know, what should we do this week? I said, you know, Navarro, when I'm painting currently Chayden Hall. And uh, for those that follow me on Twitter, you know that uh, I paint all of the different scenery and cities and villages uh, throughout the games and post them on Twitter and send them out to friends. So that was the impetus of why we're going to do Chaden Hall today. It fits in with what I'm painting currently. Well, uh, how, how far along are you with, with that, uh, that painting? Um, I am probably about 40%. I've got uh, the sky in, the mountains in. Uh, the bridges in a couple of the buildings, um, one of the waterways that run through the city of Chaden Hall. Uh, so we're doing pretty good. All right. Uh, Maybe when we uh, when we get out there, you can um, you can sort of like you know show me uh, exactly what you've got painted so far, and yeah. we can have like you know better appreciation for it when you finally uh, are able to release the the uh, the photo or the the painting that you've made uh, on yep. Twitter. We'll try and get you in the position for where uh, the screenshot would be. Sounds great. I'm uh, fighting a minotaur right now. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> suck is strong. <laughs> I'll tell you that. All right. So our first discussion is uh, what would you do? And this comes from the uh, the official Elder Scrolls forums by by Grog Grongar, and um, he says. I've put Oblivion, Game of the Year Edition, as well as its corresponding strategy guide, up on sale along with my other games. What? Uh, my decision for this is I have played Oblivion and decided it was time to retire the game. I have, after all, played it for well over 3,000 hours as a pure mage. Never tried pure warrior, or pure thief, or hybrid classes. That's amazing, 3,000 hours. As just a mage. Yeah. I, I mean, and we'll, we'll get into it, but I mean, do, do you think he's even scratched the game at that point? Oh my god, no. Now, there's so many other aspects of this game. To just do 3,000 as a mage and say that you're retired, I, I think he wasted a good portion of those hours just trying to be a mage. I, yeah. I tend to agree. Um, uh, he goes on to so say, uh, today I thought to myself, what the hell am I doing? I placed, <laughs> and I placed Oblivion and the book back on my shelves as it stands. If anybody called for it today, I would probably say it was sold. Redemption. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Uh, my reason for doubting myself is because the thought lingers. What if I want to go back to it? What would I do without it? And honestly, I don't feel like I would be able to handle being without it if I felt the desire to play it again. The last time I actively played the game was right before Skyrim came out. I've made a few attempts to go back to it, but I usually don't last very long without pulling the disc back out and it sits on my shelf for another few months. What would you do? This stuff is still worth money after all these years. Should I let it go or should I keep it? What would you do, Mike? Well, I'll tell you, you know, I'm sitting in the library room, guest room in my house, and I can see from here that I've got Neverwinter Nights, uh, the boxes for that. I've got Riven, I've got Mist, I've got uh, some of the old uh, Lord of the Rings uh, games up there. You know, I've got some of the strategy guides for them. I've got a bookshelf of nothing but Dungeons and Dragons manuals. You know, I, I don't. I can't get believe you've got stuff that I really have like sentimental attachments to. I, I mean, I, Riven and Mist. Holy God, those came out in the late nineties. Yeah, and I've got the uh, three books that went with it, the uh, novel series that went with those. But you know, if you've put three thousand hours into a game, even if you know it's just as a single class mage, you know, and you didn't get to experience anything else, you have an emotional attachment to something like that. I'm sorry to say, and I don't think that I could get rid of it. You know, I mean, heck, I've bought uh, multiple copies of Skyrim now. You know, PlayStation, uh, the PC, the uh, uh, anthology version. You know, I've got a couple over a thousand hours in that. You know, a couple hundred hours here in Oblivion. You know, I don't think I could get rid of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's part of this guy's life. I I agree a hundred and a hundred percent on that. Um, what would I do? <laughs> Uh, I would do exactly what he would, what he did, which is admit your mistake and don't ever do it again, man. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, listen, I had, I have Oblivion, a digital copy of Oblivion sitting on my hard drive for my Xbox 360. 
Um, I have digital copies of it, um, of of Skyrim, and I have also purchased the anthology. I I even have a a, a disc version for my um, Xbox 360 of of Skyrim as well. Elder Scrolls games are something that you you sort of just make sure you always have. <laughs> you know? And it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter how old these things get. I mean, I, I can jump into Daggerfall. I love Daggerfall. I actually enjoy Daggerfall more than Morrowind, believe it or not. That is really amazing. And I must say, I uh, recently rebooted Morrowind. And I uh, had bought a uh, controller emulator. And now I'm trying to play uh, Morrowind with a control pad now. So makes it even more interesting. How are you enjoying Morrowind with a control pad? I'm really enjoying it. Like with all of these games, I had come to uh, games of this nature from the PlayStation, the original PlayStation. Um, my first actual computer game was Pool of Radiance on a Commodore 64. Um as you know, you need movement. You need that that fluidity. That uh, mouse and keyboard just well, it has all that those extra keys. Really, I felt stymied by. Sometimes I'd hit the wrong key, and the controller has been wonderful. I have it. I use a controller for Oblivion now, uh, for ESO. Skyrim has the native controller support, uh, and that's really what I came to the Elder Scrolls with was with Skyrim on the PS3. Hmm. So I am really loving having. A controller emulator for Morrowind. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's. I, I I enjoy that game Morrowind, and um, looking forward to to getting more into it. But, um, <laughs> I mean, just just having having an. I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's never a good idea if you enjoy Elder Scrolls that much, where you put three thousand hours into it. It's never a good idea. To, to get rid of it or, or sell it because you're, you're going to yeah. come back to it at, at some point. I mean, these games... Yeah. By playing Arena and Daggerfall, I have learned one yeah. thing about this series and that it is utterly timeless. And as long as technology yeah. uh, is yeah. backward compatible, these games are always going to be around. Oh, yeah. Most <laughs> definitely. And if, even if it's not backward compatible, you look at some of the uh, community's efforts where you've got people making, porting in uh, Morrowind into the Oblivion engine or into the Skyrim engine and Oblivion into the Skyrim engine. You know, and, you know, whenever, uh, you know, uh, Elder Scrolls, uh, I don't know, what would we like to call it? Uh, Greenshade? Uh, Grotwood? <laughs> right. Uh, I'm really hoping that we go to uh, visit the home of the Wood Elves. Uh, in the next one, um, you know, when that comes out, that I'm sure that there'll be community members that port Sky Skyrim into that. Um, oh, I'm uh, sure. And I know that there's people who are like, oh, you have to experience it in its native state, you know, in the original state it was sold. But I think more importantly with all of these is the stories behind them and the fact that you're living out the stories. Um, I, I would I would agree to both of those. Um, I would I would say that. It is it is important while you still can to take some of those older Elder Scrolls games and experience them in their in the way they were sold, just so you can have an appreciation for um, you know technology that existed back then and how far these games have come. 
but at the same time, if that's something that, that is a gate to you, and it, it is for some people, there are some people out there that will not pick up Daggerfall or Arena simply because it's like, that game is so old, it's like not even worth playing. Well, that's not I, true. Yeah, I really have to disagree. I mean, you know, it's just for the story behind it and the experiences that you're going to see in that game, it's so worth playing, even if it's just one time that you've played through it, just to say that you've done it. Right. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you've got you've got um, certain movies out there that you don't even have to. I mean, as long as you're just like a, a person living in the modern era, I mean, you should. You owe it to yourself to kind of watch, you know, like, you know, Jaws. And I would definitely put Lord of the Rings on there, too. Some some people might disagree with that. But um, there is definitely games. If you're if you call yourself a gamer, there's definitely some games out there that you need to put on your list. Oh, yeah. I mean, just look at uh, the vitriol in the Lucas community when he went back and digitally remastered, you know, taking out the original actor who played Darth Vader to put in the new guy who was playing Darth Vader after he released the second trilogy set. Uh, When you look at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I mean, you know, people, you know, I myself remember going, you know, with my father to see Return of the Jedi, you know, in the theaters you know, and uh, having seen, you know, broadcast premieres of Empire Strikes Back. So, you know, to go back and change things like that, yes, it tells the story slightly different. There's a lot of retcon going on. But, you know, there is still that place where you want to see the original as it was, not, you know, what has changed since then. Exactly. And, uh, you know, to to get back, I guess, to the to the topic at hand here where, you know, should um, should this this gentleman uh, sell? <laughs> At least I got one of them. Um, should should this gentleman <laughs> sell his uh, his copy of of Oblivion? I, I definitely think he made the right choice in in uh, taking that down and and not doing it. Yeah, most definitely. You know, that that that's that one thing that. Uh... Now, yeah, he could always go out and buy another copy, you know, but for the what he's going to get from it, it's not going to be worth it, you know, and then he'll always have that regret. What should I have done? Should I have kept it? I really wish I had it. You know, by taking it off the market, he still has it. You know, what's he going to get, you know? Exactly. And uh, you never know. I mean, uh, you've had it for 3,000 hours, you know, that, that particular box and uh, that particular you know, disc, it's, it's carried itself with you this, this whole time. And, um, you know, a a new copy, which you could definitely buy, or you could buy a digital copy as well. It may not be the same. And, uh, I, I wouldn't, I would never get rid of my collector's edition of Skyrim on my, on my, uh, my Xbox. I would never get rid of that because to me that, that sort of represents my, you know, the the beginning of my my uh, love of, of Elder Scrolls games and you know I don't want to get rid of that it's a piece of, of meaningful personal history and yep. that might be the same for this individual as well okay um moving on it looks like there's some tough battles going on there there, there certainly is you know <laughs> I got attacked by uh, two thieves who uh, one of them finally uh, she put the kibosh on me that's for sure uh, this, yeah, this th- Minotaur uh, definitely uh, keeps sending all of his brothers, cousins, aunts, and uncles after you. Yeah, well, he, this this guy's a wimp. I totally got him. So let him keep his horn. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Um, so, Mike, we're we're on our way to Chaden Hall, and uh, we probably would have been there by now if it wasn't for the fact that I was a a, a dope and had myself uh, taken by by two thieves. But but uh, we are on our way, and and as such, um, I am interested. Let let's let's hear some of the history of the city we're about to enter, the beautiful city of Chaden Hall, or should I say, Shaden Hall. Yes, uh, something that we had discovered in our research. Uh, in uh, France, there's a small town of Chey, C-H-E-Y. Uh, and we were pondering the concept of being that Oblivion is a uh, neo-European uh, uh, setting, that uh, we were wondering on the pronunciation, is it Chaden Hall or is it Shaden Hall? Uh, but either way that we pronounce it, uh, the county of Chaden Hall is nestled in the intersection of the Gerald Mountains to the north, which borders Skyrim, and the Vallis Mountains to the east, which border Morrowind. Uh, it is the easternmost city in all of the Cyrodiilian Empire, and culturally it's a fusion of the Nibine and the Morrowind cultures. So if we were to pop open the map, we would be able to see the large Nibine River that runs up to... Um, the Imperial City, and uh, all of that area gives birth to the Nibine culture. And um, people say that the cultures derived in the Nibine are more related to the Elves than uh, the uh, Westweald and the Colovian Highlands, which uh, have a tendency of more propensity to um, the human ancestry. So you're saying that that the the Nibine Valley uh, has a very prominent uh history with aliens with aliens in the mer culture yeah and then when you look at morrowind and uh the uh number of refugees coming from morrowind over the years either to escape the tribunal uh those that wanted to remain loyal to the daedra princes or those that uh, uh have lost uh face with the families as the ruling families have changed and the houses there uh, you know, so there's a large efflux of uh, people from Morrowind into uh, into uh, Cyrodiil, and their first stop would have been Chadenhall. Ah, huh. now let's let's uh, let's take a look at that on the map here. So <clears throat> you're saying the first stop here would be would be uh, to Chadenhall. Now, from from where exactly? From from Morrowind. From Morrowind. Yeah. No, you're 100 percent right. Now, with uh, Oblivion, the game, uh, in order to give you the sense of uh, large vastness, many of the mountains that you see here are unscalable to a point, and they did a very similar thing in Skyrim, except that uh, every so often you got to a point where uh, you found a couple of those pathways: one to Cyrodiil, one to Morrowind. That pretty much the little things that bluffed up and said, "Oh, you can't go any further." Uh, but, you know, same kind of concept here is that there were passes in the mountains that uh, they decided really not to put in. Uh, you can even see right under the word Chaden Hall there, um, there's a little road that uh, pretty much peters out. That yeah. would have gone directly to Morrowind. Um, uh, I'm looking at that right now on, on the map, and yep, yeah, it's it's right there. Um, here Here is the uh, the, the city of Chaden Hall, right, right in the beginning here, and... Um, I've got the uh, the stables here on on my left, and uh, was that the uh, Blackwater side stables? Yeah, which produce uh, some of the best black horses in all of Cyrodiil. If you talk to the in the horse keeper there, 
Really? So so these these stables here produce the uh, the best the best black horses in all of Cyrodiil. That's what he says. All right. So and we've actually got a couple of them right here. Yep. Now you know my character is not quite as uh, noble as your character, so I have managed to steal almost every horse out of there uh, during the course of the game. And uh, for those that have played through for the Dark Brotherhood, you realize that you have to kill an innocent person to be approached by Lucy in the Chance. And I found this out as I was walking to Chayden Hall, hoping to join the Dark Brotherhood, and I realized, oh my god, I hadn't killed anybody uh, other than bandits and stuff like that. So I actually bumped off uh, the stable hand that lives here too. So, not quite a nice player, but, yeah. <laughs> hey, you're, you're, uh, you're achieving your in-game goals, and that's what exactly. it's all about. So that lady right there by the, the gate entrance, she's not in my game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. <laughs> all right, so... so back to as we were talking about. Uh, the city itself sits on the tributary of the Nimine River, uh, the Corbolo River, uh, which gives uh, the city a distinct feel, as there are many boggy areas that are lush with willow trees, reeds, and beautiful, uh, the three beautiful covered bridges that uh, are within the city proper. Let's, uh, uh, these bridges connect the market and trade district to the eastern temple district. All right, I'm going to take a walk inside the city now. Yep. Uh, now that we looked at the front of it, let's, let's go right inside here. And the really cool thing, when you look at uh, Chayden Hall, with the, uh, it being a walled city, uh, not only were the stables outside, but you have small farm communities around it. Uh, there's a lord's um, manor outside of it that's part of a fighter guild's quest. Uh, there's the Lodge of the Thorn, I believe it's called, uh, which is outside the walls also. So it gives you this sense of the protection of the walled city uh, and then yeah. the... Uh, area around it still being a thriving community. Yeah, we just uh, we actually had on the stream there the that uh, area you're talking about, uh, Knights of the Thorn Lodge, something like that. Yep. Yeah. Now the earliest records that I could find about Chaden Hall uh, start in the second era, 582. This is the year before the events of Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, there was a rebellion against the local imperial garrison after the collapse of the Second Empire. And this event itself can actually be experienced, the final aspects of it, in ESO, if you're willing to play in Cyrodiil, uh, which I thought was really cool. Now, the interesting aspect is the change in architecture over the years. Chayden Hall has been sacked a number of times, uh, starting with this rebellion. Um, during the rebellion... The city itself was more brick uh, and stone pilings. Really? At a walled city with large uh, stone buildings and some stone um, bridges connecting the city. But the keep, which sits as part of the Mooton Valley uh, keep formation, where the moot is a piled uh, mountain of earth that is artificially formed and the keep sits upon it. Uh, that wasn't there during ESO, so it's just the lower walled city that is found there. Okay, now this this must be the keep up here that I'm I'm walking toward. I don't yeah. know you, and uh, I don't care to know you. <laughs> Some of the NPCs, I guess, are a little rude around here. <laughs> yeah, many of them are. It's one of the uh, common uh, complaints during this time period. There's a book that had been written. Um, 
by the author Alessia Otis. Uh, and she talks about all of the major cities in Cyrodiil. And uh, concerning Chaden Hall, uh, she says, Arcade, bless my body and soul. My name is Alicia Otis, and I'd like to tell you about Chaden Hall. My first impressions of the visitor to Chaden Hall is a broad green parkland, graceful willows along the banks of the Colabolo, neatly groomed gardens and flowering shrubs. Chaden Hall looks prosperous with clean, well-trimmed houses, neat stonework, ornamental with striking designs in glass, metal, and wood. But what lurks beneath this pleasant appearance? Crime, scandal, and corruption. How true it is. Well met. When you talk to many people around Cyrodiil about her books, you find out that she has a touch of xenophobia and racism uh, that deals, especially in Chaden Hall, with the Dark Elves, being that the uh, Count of Chaden Hall is a Dark Elf of the House Halu, and uh, the number of orcs that populate Chaden Hall, including the uh, Fighters Guild um, uh, leader in the area being an orc. So uh, that's kind of surprising, uh, considering the fact that we're we're in we're in Cyrodiil and a uh, a dark elf is uh, holds holds lordship over over a, a you know a major city. Yes, that is definitely true, and it's the only one I believe held by a dark elf, uh, especially a powerful house like House Halu from Morrowind. Now, what what um, what can you tell me about this uh, large statue that's uh, that's a part of a Chaden Hall here? Because I'm I'm looking around, and I don't I don't necessarily see like a a plaque at its base where it would describe like you know this this person is is a is historical figure for X Y Z. Yeah. So outside of the Mages Guild, um, if you're just outside the Mages Guild, yeah. there is a statue of uh, Galarian the Mystic. So he is the founder of the Mages Guild. Oh. Um, you meet him in ESO. Uh, he is the prime opponent of Manamarco. You've read about him in all the books. Uh, when he leaves uh, the Isle of Arte uh, to bring uh, magic to the common folk. So, huh. Yeah, that's that's Galarian, all right, and and funny because Galarian is is a Nord, and and here we are in. <laughs> You know, a city that's in Cyrodiil, very close to, uh, close to Morrowind. And Morrowind, yeah. Yeah. Now, have you done the uh, acquiring the Mages Guild uh, reference letters in uh, this area? I'm actually, no, not in this area. I am actually working on that, on that quest, though. So there's, uh, this one here is kind of interesting, uh, you know, and uh, definitely shows you the difference between... Uh, Oblivion and Skyrim with some of the magic skills that really uh, are lacking. So uh, it uh, deals with the spell Burden. So it makes it uh, weighs you down pretty much taking up inventory uh, capability. Right. And uh, so it definitely was a very interesting uh, um, quest uh, line to get through. Here's uh, some of those covered bridges that, that Mike was, was referring to as well. Uh, very, um, very characteristic of of Shadenhall. One of the uh, one of the major, uh, I guess, uh, features of Shadenhall are these these covered bridges. I don't think there's there's really any cities uh, that have this. No, none of the other cities. I mean, this is uh, reminds me a lot of English uh, architecture with the uh, lath and plaster and the uh, wooden beams. 
but it definitely seems to have a Bavarian style uh, of the uh, post-useful uh, castle with all of those nice little purple-colored turrets that sit upon the walls. Um, after castles were no longer useful with the advent of cannons and uh, gunpowder, uh, castles became more ornamental in nature and less militaristic because uh, you know, with the formation of cannons, you could easily knock down the walls. So you find, uh, like the castle that uh, in Europe, in Germany, that uh, Disney um, modeled the Snow White and Sleeping Beauty castles after with those nice high turrets on it. Right, exactly. The um, high fantasy type of, of, uh, of castles. Um, now, here I am in the Chapel of R.K. Is there any information in your research uh, about the, the history of the Chapel of R.K. here in, in Shadenhall? Not that I was really able to find, but if um, you play through the game, and I, you know it's been out for years, so I guess we can say it's spoiler-free now, uh, but there is a significant uh, artifact that is found here. Uh, if you play through the Knights of the Nine quest. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's at the time of the game Oblivion, it's not known that it is here. Uh, it was said to be lost during the uh, war, and nobody really knows. But if you play through the Knights of the Nine quest, you will be able to find one of the relics here. Yeah, was that the, uh, the gauntlets that were supposed to be on the ground, or is that... No, it should be the sword... Okay. The gauntlets are in uh, the Temple of Stendar. Okay. So and they stayed there on the ground immovable for years. Yeah. Until, but the sword uh, is buried, I believe, in the crypts. Let's take a look at the... Uh, well, actually, I can't go into the crypts. Because um, they're, they're red. Ah, yes. You have to break crypts. in. Yeah. I don't want to go doing that. But um, Now, outside of the temple... Uh, there is another very famous person uh, that lives in Shaden Hall, and that would be the painter that lives there. Uh, so, oh, let's go uh, pay a Lianthus lives in Shaden Hall, and uh, he has a very well liked quest line that uh, a lot of people really enjoy play- doing, and that's a brushwood death. Oh, yeah, I did that. Oh, you're actually able to get into the chapel or into the basement. Something that I have not been able to do yet. Um, now, let's see. I'm looking around here uh, for for this uh, individual's home. Um, I'm not finding it just yet, but... It's going to be right near the Fighters Guild. Okay. Let's see. Oh, Lythandus. Yep. Now, Lythandus uh, inherited this magical brush from his father, um, and uh, he uses it to enter into his paintings and paint them from the inside out, giving a sense of realism that is unmatched throughout the realm. Uh, During the quest of Brush with Death, he's trapped in there because a thief has realized what the brush is about and enters the painting with him and steals the brush. And he sets up trolls to guard him from uh, Lantis coming to get the brush. And the hero has to go in, battle the trolls, uh, and retrieve the brush so that he and the painter can escape from the painting. And it leaves uh, uh, Lantis not only 
with being the most famous painter, but also now a very well sought after alchemist dealer, because now he has control of painted trolls fat. Oh, right, right. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I remember finding that stuff. Uh, here is here is his house. Let's let's go meet the most famous painter in all of Cyrodiil. This is Wreath Lythandus. My house is yours, friend. Please come back to visit us anytime. Ah, uh, yes. I made him happy because I got his. You saved him. <laughs> I saved him. See, and there you go. That's when they say um, he makes the most realistic-looking paintings. You actually see an in-game depiction of that. Um, yes. let, let me guess go, again, go over here um, yeah this looks like one of the stock paintings I guess if you take a look at that painting all right and then you go over here to the one he's working on you can definitely see that there's they've they've increased the quality of of the uh, the graphics on these it's pretty amazing yeah it is definitely yeah. A work in progress too, which I think is cool. You know, with all of these where they've shown artisans in uh, Oblivion, it's not just a blacksmith, you know, pounding away at an anvil with a, a set thing. I mean, nowhere in the game would you be, you know, using a painter's brush and a palette to to be painting for yourself. So they made this character and his movement specifically for that, which is really really cool. And you know, the the. The paintings on the ground, you know, you can see the ones against the wall that aren't finished, where it's just blocked out, and the ones on the easel and the other one right next to his legs, which look amazing. Yeah, they're uh, absolutely beautiful. All right, let's. Uh, I was showing you the upstairs. Let me head back down, just get those back on the stream. Here are the, uh, some of the paintings that Mike was talking about. And... Uh, if you watch him, those are those are the actions that are specific to just this character in this game. So this goes to show you, and, and I think this is the one and only time in this game too that you f you see an unfinished painting that's uh, stenciled. Yes. All right. Anything else? Well, with him, since you've done the quest, we really don't have much more uh, to do with him. Uh, and it is very cool that uh, you know he greets you and thanks you and you know calls you his friend something that i think uh, a lot of people had complained about in skyrim that the lack of acknowledgement for achievements that you had done so you know you rescued him from the painting and he's very uh, polite to you very thankful and acknowledges what you've done for him which is really cool i think yeah oh i i i agree it's uh when you have it in the game it it's it's wonderful but when you when you don't have it you notice it right away oh, and I hope they. Uh, How are you today? <laughs> I hope they uh, they fix that in the next Elder Scrolls game. All right. Um, now, last aspect of Chaden Hall that uh, we should talk about mm -hmm. has to do with a well and an abandoned house. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Now, most people come to Chaden Hall in terms of being players of this game, not for the beautiful scenery, the covered bridges. The Mages Guild, Fighters Guild, or to visit the painter. They come here for darker aspects. Lucy and the Chance has given them an opportunity to join the Dark Brotherhood. Now, as a noble paladin, I very much figure that uh, you're probably not uh, a member of that already. <laughs> no, not on this character. Not this one. I have a... Um, a uh, 
a different character though in this game that that did that did become a member and is um, actually trying to get through the the uh, quests for that. And I'm almost done with it, by the way. So. <laughs> Yes, it is so. one of my favorite quest lines. Um, just like with uh, Skyrim, it does have that uh, that feel, though. That uh, uh, you know, you you get to a point and you're just very sad and you almost can't go on you know, with the quest line. That uh, you've grown so attached to characters and uh, you just don't want to finish it because or go on to that next step if you if you've played through it. Uh, and uh, it's you know very. Uh, heart-wrenching quest line i think you know to play through this is uh this is it right here the abandoned the abandoned house and and the well that uh you use in order to get into the dark brotherhood sanctuary now after the events of eso uh hall is sacked again uh this time it is found in the books by greg keys uh the lord of souls the second book uh, where uh, Umarel, the floating city island uh, that generates soulless undead uh, as it floats over them, have supposedly attacked Chaden Hall and destroyed parts of it, or most of it. Uh, I'm still reading through the, the book, so I can't talk much about it. But we do know that uh, sometime in the fourth era that much of Chaden Hall has been rebuilt. And we find this out in the game of Skyrim. Uh, when we go through and read through Cicero's journals. Uh, so uh, Cicero's journal, volume two, the fifth of last seed, uh, we received word today. The Wayrest Sanctuary was raided and destroyed by the Kosars. There are no survivors. There are now only three dark, active Dark Brotherhood strongholds remaining. The Chadenhall Sanctuary here in the Imperial Province, a remote sanctuary located in a forest in Skyrim, and the Corin. Corinthe Sanctuary in Elsewhere. Um, and so he goes on to talk about his time in uh, Chadenhall before he and the Night Mother move on to the game of Skyrim. That's uh, that's the door right here. Ancient black door to Dark Brotherhood Sanctuary. Probably the, the creepiest door you'll ever see. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, uh, that is it, though. We won't go in. <laughs> All right, Mike. Um, so as I, I sort of fumble around over here trying to uh, get myself out of this abandoned house, um, what I mean, is there anything else in, in Shadenhall that you want to call attention to before we move on? Uh, so we have covered the Brushwood Death. We've covered the Dark Brotherhood. Uh, we have talked a little bit about the Mages Guild. Uh, and as you know, with all of the Mages Guilds, each of them has a specialty. Uh, in Chaden Hall, the specialty of the Mages Guild here is alteration. So, for those that uh, need to ease burden, uh, you know, to increase their carry weight, because I know we are all hoarders. Uh, anybody who plays Elder Scrolls uh, complains about being Skyrim hoarders, Oblivion hoarders, the fact that ESO doesn't give us enough space. You know, uh, this is the place to go if you need ease burden or any of the other increased carry weight uh, spells. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully you've enjoyed that. Uh, I thought that was uh, that was very good. Thank you for all the um, for all the research on that, Mike. And I'll tell you, next time I walk into Chadenhall while playing the game, I certainly will uh, <laughs> have a greater appreciation for it because 
you know, you, you, you walk in, in these places and you're like, yeah, you, you take it for granted. You know, it's, it's a place that has a quest, but not until you start looking into some of the details here. Especially when you think about how well these guys went through and looked at, you know, what the structure of this place, uh, the Mooton Valley traditional keep on a hill with a fortified uh, structure beneath it. Uh, in the case of this, a fortified walled city with the architecture that's a, merge, a merger of uh, Cyrodiilin and um, uh, styles of Morwen that in the game is given as different areas of Europe uh, really gives you a new appreciation for what's going on in this game as they develop each of the cities. It, 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 always, it always, you know, uh, astounds me at how much detail uh, Bethesda puts into, into these games. And uh, just, just considering... You know all the things that we spoke. Like, look, there, there are the spires that that you know you had spoken of, and you can see the uh, the the moat as well around here, and parts where even the moat has dried up for because of disuse. Um, taking into account the geography of it all, I mean, it's close to Marwin. They they kept that in mind, and and when building Chaden Hall, so it's amazing stuff. It really is. So thank you so much, man, for for bringing this to us today. And we have to thank the Imperial Library, the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, and the Elder Scrolls Wiki. You know, they do a wonderful job of consolidating all of this information. Um, you know, beyond just us playing the game for hours and hours and hours. You know, if you need to know something or find out somebody's name, those are always the best places to go. All right, Mike, you ready for the fast question? I am ready whenever you are. Think fast. Is 100 hours in an Elder Scrolls game enough? Enough for what? <laughs> Enough for me to get out of Helgen? Enough for me to get out of the sewers? Uh, I would say, oh, heck no. <laughs> yeah. uh, I agree. I agree. No. Yeah. No, it, it is not. But um, but yeah. I guess the next natural question is, is why? Why isn't, why would that not be the case? Why is 100 hours, or, or as we, we saw in our former discussion, just playing a pure mage or a pure fighter or a pure anything? Why, why is that not enough if you want to experience an Elder Scrolls game? Oh, I would have to say it's all of the options that it gives you. I mean, I have played all kinds of role-playing games over the years, and it's very, they're all, many times very linear. Go do this, go do that. You know, follow this path, you've completed this area, move on to the next area. With the Elder Scrolls, I mean, you can step out and decide, okay, my last playthrough of Skyrim, I decided I wanted to look into the alchemy. So I spent most of the time walking around the countryside, picking flowers and ingredients, building an alchemy skill level up to 100. You know, it had nothing to do with the main quest. It had nothing to do with any of the guilds. Uh Right now, you know, my guy is working on the uh, Dark Brotherhood. Uh, so I'm going through all of that in Oblivion with the Dark Brotherhood. You know, and he is 97 hours, and I am just picking up the drop quests from Lucian the Chance for the and find them uh, after the Sanctuary has been uh, cleaned. Hmm. Let's get this over with. And, uh, <laughs> stupid NPC. <laughs> Sorry. I hope he's not talking about the podcast. <laughs> I know, right? Jeez. Let's get this over with. Let's get this over with. 
Oh, oh shit. Today. Come on. <laughs> Shut up, you stupid bandit. Jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was that was awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I, I completely agree with you. You know, hundred hours is is insane. It, it's an insane amount of of time that you're not spending in the game. You know, uh, the, this game is so much more than than just the one style you want to play or just the simple 100 hours, which is a ridiculous amount of hours in gaming these days. Most most guys, you know, most uh, most outfits out there, they build their game for 20, 25 hours, and, and that's your action game. Yeah. That's your action game. 20 hours, you know, I play through the whole game. 100 hours, that's, you know, more than four times that amount. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's five times. Not- it's five times the that amount, and it's still not enough. I mean, to give you an example, I love the uh, Lego games, uh, and uh, this past Christmas, uh, I got Lego Marvel Superheroes. Okay. And I finished it that weekend, and it, you know, had come out, and it was sixty something dollars for that game, to what sixteen to twenty hours worth of game time. Yeah, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, there's nothing left to do, other than go around and you know pick up extra characters. There's no more story left. Now, with this, I mean, with Skyrim, my new Skyrim character, who I think is level 19, I'm finally getting to the point after a, a thousand hours of experiencing the Stormcloaks side of the story. Now, mainly because I feel you have to be a Nord in order to play the Stormcloaks because everybody else should side with the Empire if they're elves. <laughs> yeah, so a thousand hours Skyrim, and I'm just getting to that point where I'm experiencing the Nord side of Skyrim. Yeah, and I sort of think that if you're looking at hours wise, um, you know, a thousand hours is is probably right where you want to hit. If you want to say that you know you've you've done a good job at you know going through and exploring certain things, um, but really it's it's more than that too. It's it's how does this game? The game feels differently when you play it as a mage or a thief or or a, or a fighter, and it feels differently when you have a hybrid class too, and. You know what? What are those differences? Well, you know, guess what? You got to play the game in order to figure that out, and just things are just completely react uh, totally differently to you, and you react totally different to it um, based on those choices of of gameplay, which is oh, definitely you know huge strength of of these games. And you know, at any given time during the game, you can switch things up. Uh, my current Oblivion character is a bow. And then offhands to a sword and shield. Uh, but then I realized that my destruction class was very low and it was one of my main requirements in um, the uh, the game. And so I was like, okay, I better start using destruction spells. So changed everything up to start you know, leveling destruction. Hmm. Gives it a whole other feel. Whole other feel. And it's still, it's still magic. Like you're still playing as a mage, but it's just a different school of magic and it makes the game feel different. So, yeah. you know... Uh, heh. off the cuff, hundred hours. You haven't even scratched the surface yet. Yeah, you might uh, have completed a quest. Or, a quest right. line, maybe if you're lucky, the right way. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have a uh, an email that came in from the community. Mike, would you mind uh, reading that, please? Okay. So the email. Hello, crew. I was listening to done old, probably one old episodes of Elder Scrolls OTR and Classic. I was wondering if you prefer the next Elder Scrolls game to be more contemporary fantasy like Skyrim or more high fantasy like Morrowind. 
Also, I don't have ESO, but does it feel more contemporary or high fantasy? Thanks for all that you do, Armand. So, what do you think, Mike? uh, He's asking about, you know, high fantasy versus contemporary. Uh, I think it really depends on the setting. Um, If it was to return to someplace like uh, Daggerfall area or uh, um, maybe the deserts of Alkir or someplace along that, I would say it'd probably have to be more contemporary. But I think if we start looking at the realms of the uh, High Elves or the Khajiit or Black Marsh, we really have to go fantasy-like. Yeah. Because they're going to be so foreign to what the, you know, we, we as humans experience in our own world. I mean, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't have gills and can breathe underwater with a tail. <laughs> I definitely, you know, while being Italian... You know, don't you know, need to I, shave, maybe I'm just a freak. Uh, <laughs> you know, don't need to shave uh, like there's no tomorrow just to keep the hair down. Uh, you know, like a cat. Uh, and uh, the high elves culture there. I mean, you know, I expect to see. You know, if you were to go into uh, the aisles there, that you're going to see like the crazy, um, I don't know, like uh, magic infused things that you just are going to boggle people's minds. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. When you go into Elder Scrolls Online, um, you know he asks the question: Does it feel like contemporary or does it feel like like fantasy? It depends on where you're in, um, what area you're in. When I when I played through the Aldmeri Dominion area, uh, it was it was absolutely high fantasy, absolutely. But now now that I'm in uh, the Ebonheart Pack territory, which is you know Morrowind, Skyrim uh, areas. It's um when when you're looking at Skyrim, it it does look a little bit more contemporary. It's got that that Skyrim feel to it, um and and Marwind is uh oddly enough, Marwind kind of echoes that as well. Um, it's yeah, not... I I was really expecting more I don't know exoticness from ESO's Morrowind areas. Yeah. Um. Deshaun area feels very much, you know, like something I could see in the real world. Now, Stonefall, that's completely inhospitable with uh, the lava and the crazy mushrooms and all that stuff. So that's high fantasy, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and even that, I could, I, I would go a little, a little bit more. Uh, I would, I would turn that dial toward the high fantasy a little bit more, in, in my opinion, because when you play. Morrowind, you definitely get that that feeling of of high fantasy, and um, it's it's sort of it's sort of missing a little bit when you think hard about it in uh, in Elder Scrolls Online in that area. But uh, not that I think it's out of place or anything. It's just the the game Morrowind compared to you know the areas that you do see in uh, Elder Scrolls Online are. A little bit tuned down. Yeah, I would say that across the board. I, when you start in Oradon as part of Somerset Isles, I really expected not stonework but crystal work. Now, um, where you have these, you know, beautiful white marble arches here uh, for these aliens that you're seeing now, and uh, I really expected to see, 
you know, just amazing amounts of marble and crystal and things that float, uh, you know, by magic and suspended with magic, um, things of that nature versus uh, the more contemporary stonework, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then with the wood elves, I thought that was really, really cool, having uh, their space high up in the trees, uh, the little huts attached to the trees. Kind of reminded me of Endor a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about it until you mentioned it. But then when we got to Reaper's March, I really felt like, um, I don't know, like, I think part of it has to do with the uh, the character models that it really needed to have. Um, you know, like the large the large cat breed of um, Khajiit that they ride. Uh, more, you know, native flora and fauna that would be... Uh, unique to the area to give it more of that high fantasy type of effect right especially when you read in the novels uh they trade in their horses because the horses aren't going to be any good for them uh in the deserts of uh, uh elsewhere you know, and i'm sure that'll come with eso but in the new game that will come if they were to place it in elsewhere they definitely have to have that kind of fantastical um, fauna that uh, we aren't really seeing. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, let's we haven't gotten into elsewhere yet in, in in Elder Scrolls Online. We, you know, we haven't even really seen it in in any other game either. So uh, the first time we get a good look at that is, you know, is, is going to be is going to be something special. That's that's for I mean, sure. Reapers marches that that no man's land type of thing. It's you know, part Valenwood, part Cyrodiil, part elsewhere. Yeah, but I... It's a flavor I, of each, but... It is, but I, I, I don't really consider it elsewhere simply because it is such a hybrid. And, you know, when you hear about elsewhere, it, it, it they do say that the, the grand majority of it is, is you know, um, sweeping deserts with uh, oasises or an oasis or multiple oasis. I don't know what the plural of that is, but... <laughs> <laughs> all right um that uh that that's mike's first show for classic elder scrolls night everyone give him uh give mike a round of applause he did a phenomenal job uh congratulations and uh looking forward to recording many many more with you oh me too final thoughts let's start with mike so my final thoughts i had a blast doing this uh, i got to learn a lot about shaden hall and oblivion uh, aspects that uh, I really uh, wouldn't have delved into, you know, just going from quest to quest to quest. Uh, so this has been really uh, a fun venture for me um, to explore more of the games that I love. And not just, you know, the cursory glance at them as, you know, you travel around, but really digging deep into what's going on there. Um, and as a painter, it allows me to walk around more and take more screenshots. So, yeah, more subjects for more paintings to come. I'm I'm really looking forward to your uh, your Shaden Hall piece for, yeah. for sure. I, I can't wait to see that. So, uh, my final thought. Uh, hey, you know what, Mike, you did a fantastic job for your for your first show. Um, I know what it's like. I remember that, and uh, you did an amazing job. So, so uh, pat on the back for for yourself, sir. You you definitely deserve it. And uh, also, this being your first podcast. And you did your your 
your first segment ever. It was amazing. You did you did a fantastic job. Um, I love the history behind this stuff, and delving into it like that just makes it me feel more uh, more real, more tangible. And uh, I really appreciate all the work you've done. Uh, thank you, and thank you for having me on, and you know, giving me this opportunity. Oh, of so, course. Uh, um, Elder Scrolls. Really looking forward to uh, our next uh, episode here as to where we're going to be exploring. Yeah, uh, in in two weeks from tonight, that'll that'll happen. Um, yep. Classic Elder Scrolls Night is now on Mondays at seven p.m. Eastern, guys, and uh, I am very excited to to have that happen. It, it was a bit late for me having it on Fridays at nine, and. Um, you know what? It, it it was that way because I wanted to accommodate my hosts at the time, and now that that's changed, um, I'm I'm really excited that it's at this time. It, it's much more manageable for my schedule and uh, reduces the the amount of stress for me, which means that I can enjoy the time doing this and playing the game and, and having fun with with uh, everyone here. the The chat room, chat room, you you are fantastic tonight. Thank you for uh, being there for Mike's first show, and um, hopefully, probably. Next episode, we're going to introduce our our final host uh, to to carry on the torch of classic Elder Scrolls Night, one of the most beloved shows that we have here on uh, on QGN. So now, here's something in the chat that just popped up from Martin. Uh, FYI, two weeks is Labor Day, so uh, keep an eye on uh, uh, Twitter, I guess. Yeah, and we'll let you know uh, if we're going to be on on that Monday. Uh, or if we're going to have to move it uh, one way or the other, Sunday or Tuesday, hopefully we'll still have it. Yeah, that's well. Uh, oh yeah, that's that's right. That's going to be a busy. It's probably going to be a busy week for me at work. Yeah. Yeah, Labor Day is a tough one. Well, I'm glad we're talking about this now on the show because um, you know everyone's watching now. So so let's just say that um labor day won't be the day but hopefully it will be that week at some point and uh just you know watch us at at quest gaming on twitter and at elder scrolls otr uh we'll we'll say it on at quest gaming and we'll we'll retweet it on uh, at elder scrolls otr with what we're doing here all right guys well as always uh let me get a nice little shot here of this beautiful waterfall as we take the show out that is gorgeous. Okay, let's not get the minotaur. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't don't draw another minotaur towards you. <laughs> right? No, no minotaur. Minotaurs are bad. They're they're bad for my health. So. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, well, thanks again for joining us. Thank you for listening for for watching us on on YouTube and for being here live. Take care, everyone. Be safe, and as always, may the foos be with you. <laughs> <laughs>